Alright, there we go. <laughs> Took me forever <laughs> to hit the unmute button on the microphone. But uh, here we are, yet again. Back yeah. again. Another yeah. week. Yep. And not just any week. It's April Fool's Day today. <sighs> it is. Yeah, so we're going to announce that we're going to cancel the podcast. This is the last episode ever. Uh, thank, been... thank you to all one of you. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a real blast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is not the case. Luckily. Now we're gonna keep on doing this. Even if there's zero viewers for ten years. <laughs> Come back in ten years. <laughs> I think I think we'd set a Guinness World Record at that point. And then we'd blow up from holding a record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll be like the Simpsons of the podcast universe, but Jeez. no one no one uh no one listens to us, no one tunes in. <laughs> but uh but uh, yeah, other than that, uh, this is episode 13 of season 2 of the podcast. The podcast is officially a teenager. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ever since, well, because I don't think we did this, this many episodes for season 1. I don't believe so. No, we were still getting our stuff together, kind of sorted out and for season 1. And we started pretty late in the year. Oh wow, we had 16 episodes last season. Oh really? Yep. Alright, never mind. So we're, we're, we're teenagers again. <laughs> Honestly, like, uh, wait, how, how, how do we keep track of last season's episodes? Wow, that means we've done, like, 29 episodes? This is our 29th episode? I think so. Jeez. It depends. We've been doing this pretty consistently since, like, what, September at least? The first, uh, the, uh, yeah, because we don't have them all on Spotify. And the eighth episode was on November 2nd, so. Yeah. Two months before that. So, what, August, maybe? Or September? Early September? Yep, September. Yeah, I would have had... Yeah, it was September. I remember my little... Getting the little... Getting this project that we, we've been wanting to do off the ground after so many years of us chatting in Facebook Messenger. Hey, let's start a podcast. I'm down. And then it just stopped right there. <laughs> and then the idea went on hiatus for four years. Yeah. No, no joke. It took a freaking heartbreak for me to get my creative juices <laughs> together to start a podcast. Dang, that means we are... Dang, we're coming up fast on a year almost. Yeah. In, f- in five months? That would be our 52nd episode, I believe. I mean, there's 52 weeks in a year, yeah. I am in too much of a Little Caesars pizza coma to do that math right now, so I'm just going to go along with what you said. For that. <laughs> I'm not wrong, and if I am, it's April Fool's Day. So <laughs> we got all of our bases covered for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're, we're going to do uh, we're gonna do this episode full on. Uh, you might see... Uh, it, it, in case you didn't tune in to the to the first version of this episode, where it was completely silence for an hour and some, uh, April Fools. <laughs> hope you got hope em. you enjoyed that. Yeah, gotcha. Um, but no, we we have a we have a real episode to go along with that today too. Um, it's not going to be as action packed. I feel like we've been kind of on the steady decline in news because yep. of the whole virus thing going on. Um, and I feel like this is the first week where it feels like it's hit the hardest. Oh yeah. For sure. Like, we've seen it, like, slightly impact some stories in the past or just the general, you know, flow of the news. But this week's been hit hard, man. I mean, it's pretty evident when we're trying to scramble for stories right before the podcast and we're like, there's nothing going on. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but further ado, we'll bring, we'll bring the juiciest stories right to your doorstep from our oven like we usually do. 
Um, and as always, I'll go ahead and start off with the tech news. So um, today, actually, the 1st of April of 2020, marks the first official day when Sprint and T-Mobile have become the same company, officially. Uh, the merger started happening quite a while ago, actually, um, and it hit some road bumps with the with the Federal Communications Commission, mm-hmm. with uh, you know it being considered a monopoly, and then that being slightly halted, and then there were some disagreements between Sprint and T-Mobile as to how the brand would be, uh, you know, how it'd be presented, you know, what ownership would go to who, what the logo would be, that sort of thing. Um, but with all that behind us now. Uh, they are now one company. They're merged into one single carrier now. So that brings the total carriers here in the U.S. at least from four down to three. Uh, the three being AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile. It's just it's now T-Mobile now. Sprint kind of as far as marketing and as far as uh, branding goes, Sprint is kind of out of the picture. But uh, but yeah, so we have just those three companies left. And, uh, you know, a lot of people kind of have questions as to what exactly is going to happen now that the merger is happening and now that it's official. Um, And basically the answer for that right now is don't expect super drastic changes here quite yet. Um, There's still a lot of stuff that has to happen there. Um, And uh, T-Mobile has said that it's going to take about three years to fully integrate Sprint into, you know, like the operations and hardware and network setup that T-Mobile currently has. So um, we'll have to keep our eyes peeled for that. Um, probably one of the more one of the more um, immediate changes that most people will see is that if you are a Sprint customer, um, pay attention to the top left of your screen, or top right, depending on which phone you have, where it lists the carrier. Is that, it already changed? So it's already being changed, yeah. So Sprint customers are going to start seeing T-Mobile instead of Sprint on top of their phone. So that's going to be super funny. Um, I have I have a I have a Metro Metro, which is a T-Mobile, you know, kind of subsidiary brand. Uh-huh. So I mean, that's not going to affect me. And actually, now that I think about it, I don't know anyone who has Sprint. Yeah, I don't <laughs> either. Um... I can't wait to see all, like, obviously I'm not going to be able to see, but I wonder how many people are going to call and be like, why does my phone say this? Like, not knowing (laughs) that this merge is happening. All the grandmas. I am paying for Sprint. My bill says Sprint. Why does my phone say T-Mobile? Am I getting scammed? Because even at this point, like, I could have swore I remember them first, like, talking about this almost like four or five years ago. Yeah. You're exactly right. It was actually, you know, definitely at least three years ago when this was, like, in the works or at least being talked about. Uh-huh. Um, and it takes time to merge, like, the biggest companies in, yeah. on American soil for telecommunications. It's pretty complicated, but, yeah, so you're definitely right. We're actually up to that point now. Actually, now that I think about it, I think my sister has Sprint. I think she... I'm going to have to ask her. <laughs> she just got a new iPhone, so I'm going to ask her to, to keep an eye out on... Uh, on when she sees the Sprint the Sprint logo go from Sprint to T-Mobile. She's all, yeah, I returned it. It kept saying it was a T-Mobile phone. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this new iPhone's broken. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, I mean, other than the logo changing at the top of your screen on your mobile device, um, probably the next most likely change will be if you receive billing statements through the mail, um, you know, through paper. Um, you might see, you might see like, you know, the Sprint logo and then like it says like, is now T-Mobile or something like that. Um, just because 
those changes are the easiest to implement. Um, and I've actually seen something like this happen with uh, other companies before. When I used to work insurance, an insurance company uh, bought out another one. And so slowly but surely, the bills that were sent out by the insurance company would have in tiny, tiny print the, the company's logo that was bought out. And then in big logo, and then in big font right next to it, the company that actually purchased them. <laughs> I'm wondering how it works if like someone had like a way overdue sprint bill that they were just like screw this, I'm gonna go to another company, and they went to T-Mobile. I wonder how that's all being handled. Yeah, like billing and stuff. I'm sure it'll be consolidated at one point, um, but again, that's gonna take years, another couple of handful of years in order for all that to kind of take place. Um, especially when it comes to these companies getting their money, you're not going to get out of jail free, like ever. Mm. <laughs> That's just the way they go. Um, some people had questions about like the Sprint subsidiary brands, like the prepaid bands, like Boost Mobile and Virgin Mobile, because they run off of the Sprint network. Um, and uh, those companies, the smaller ones, like like Boost and Virgin Mobile, will actually be heading to Dish network. Really? So they'll be yeah they'll be running off of Dish Network services, so they won't even be Sprint anymore. I wonder if like if they actually wanted to separate, or if Ver- or if T-Mobile was like we already have our own subsidiaries, we don't need these ones. Because if I'm not mistaken, they have like Mint Mobile, right, and another one, I believe. Yeah, yeah, they do. There's there's a there's a like there's a lot of little prepaid brands that have popped up over the time, uh, and over the course of the years. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if the FCC, as part of this merger, forced Sprint to give up these subsidiary brands like Boost and Virgin Mobile. um, I can see that as well. Yeah, to free up more broadband space, basically, um, so that it's not completely a monopoly or that the the merger would be too strong and be anti-competitive that way. Uh, But again, we, we don't know exactly. I haven't researched that. But uh, let's see here. Um, as far as pricing goes, uh, T-Mobile has uh, promised that prices will stay the same for at least three years, so 36 months. Um, but, um, but you know, after that, it's kind of, you know, free game as far as that goes. Um, and their company, so their prices and their offers are going to change all the time. So um, interesting stuff going there with that merger. Uh, going on to the next story here, we got some PC hardware news for the week. Some actually super exciting PC hardware news. Um, AMD's 4000 series CPUs um, for mobile, which are actually based off of the desktop 3000 series CPUs. Really confusing, I know. Whoever thought of that at AMD should be fired, in my opinion. But anyways, um, these new mobile processors debuted in a handful of computers this week. Um, The first one to hit reviewers' hands was actually the Asus ROG Zephyrus G14 laptop, um, which is a model of laptops that already exists on the Intel side of things. Um, But with the AMD side of things, um, the processor that debuted in this uh, laptop is AMD's new Ryzen 9 4900HS CPU, which is an 8-core, 16-thread processor. Uh, It's rated at 35 watts which um, when compared to uh, Intel's own uh, eight core 16 thread CPUs, um, they, depending on the laptop, they can draw up to like 125 watts from the laptop, Jesus. Um, which is a huge power draw. Yeah. Um, absolutely ridiculous. 
Um, for these Ryzen processors, though, they um, they have a 3.0 gigahertz clock and can boost up to 4.4 gigahertz. Um, and uh, you know, of course, reviewers with this uh, ROG Zephyrus G14 laptop with uh, AMD's new offering was tested, and the results are actually super impressive. Uh, not only does this new AMD chip uh, beat Intel's um, you know, Intel's counterpart for, for mobile, for laptops. Um, not only does it beat the Intel's same offering, 8-core, 16-thread, um, it beats it in single-core performance, which has never, like, really happened with Ryzen processors, ever. Um, it also beats it in multi-core performance. That was more expected. Um, but it does that with drawing less power. It does it, it beats it drawing 35 watts versus 120 watts yeah. for the Intel one which is ridiculous. Um, so that just goes to show just how power efficient these chips are. Um, to add a little bit of insult to injury, the the the, uh, the new Ryzen mobile processor also beats some of Intel's desktop. <laughs> desktop, yeah, desktop CPU. So like this particular laptop, the you know, it's the only one right now that has been fully tested with this new Ryzen processor. So we have to wait till more offerings come out from uh, you know, from from the other the regular Asus brand. Um, also, Acer is going to have some coming up. Um, there's another rumor for another laptop that I'll discuss here in a second as well. But as more products roll out with this uh, processor, we're going to see how the companies kind of deal with the thermal performance as well as leverage the pro the power that this processor has. So that's super super exciting. Um, as far as more details on the Asus ROG Zephyrus G14 laptop itself, um, the configuration that um, that was you know more prominently tested amongst YouTubers and and uh, you know tech news sites, um, it retails at one thousand four hundred and forty nine dollars. So not bad for a really powerful laptop, but it's definitely not like a like a beginner price. Yeah. You know, it's definitely like in the mid range approaching the old you know the the high range of laptops um but it comes with the new ryzen processor the 4900 hs uh has an nvidia rtx 2060 max q nice. um it also it's a 14 inch uh you know laptop that weighs 3.5 pounds it has 16 gigabytes of ram uh, a one terabyte uh, ssd and that's a sata ssd uh, and it has a 120 hertz display on there uh, so it's a very, very powerful package there. Um, one of the more gimmicky parts of the laptop is that on the back it has like an array of LEDs um, that you can program to like show a couple of like different images or, you know, GIFs or something like that. So um, it's not like a full-on display, but it's just like a densely packed array of LEDs that you can kind of program uh, through Asus's software on the laptop. Um, but yeah, super exciting stuff here. This was um, some analysts are claiming that this processor is what AMD needed to release at this current time to kind of like blow over Intel and what they currently offer. And I I I agree based off of these uh, these uh, tests there. Um, Do you see that uh, in your story that Red Dead tested? Yeah, yeah. So they tested Red Dead. Um, mainly just to test the thermals of this of the laptop so uh you know this laptop uh they're saying that it got pretty hot under demanding titles hitting 98 degrees celsius on an 80 minute session of red dead um and 97 during an hour-long session of tomb raider so 
Um, the temperatures are a bit like concerning, but for it to be able to run Red Dead Two with all its settings on Ultra and still get fifty frames is pretty solid for a laptop. That's not like I don't know. That's I. That's super impressive to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it totally is, especially for and keep in mind that for these games, it's mostly due to the GPU. It's a RTX twenty sixty, so it's yeah. not like the most powerful GPU, right? Um, and the CPU definitely leverages uh, that, especially with Red Dead. Um, Red Dead is more like codependent on both the CPU and GPU, from what I understand, than Tomb Raider is, which is like almost completely like GPU bound. Um, yeah, so the the test was Red Dead Redemption Two cranked up to ultra, um, with fast and multi sample anti aliasing off, um, and the chord and it and it scored a uh, thirty one frames per second uh, peak with low of fourteens. Um, you know, in the teens there. Uh, let's see here. It just says that, uh, you know, some of the, some things were kind of artifacting a little bit, uh, but the game was functional. Um, but, uh, you know, that's with everything cranked to ultra, like yeah. as high as it'll go. And it's not like Red Dead 2's not a demanding game. Like, it's super demanding. Yeah, it's with, like one of the most demanding games you can put, especially on a laptop, for sure. Yeah. Um, they said that when they uh, cranked it down just a bit to everything on high settings that the frames were about 50 frames per second, which is pretty good. Yeah. Like, that's, like, that's like, high-tier, like, Xbox One mm-hmm. territory frames per second. Um, so, yeah, very, very promising, uh, you know, laptop there. Uh, not going to lie, I kind of want it, but I can't get another laptop for <laughs> quite some time now. Um, and you know what? I think I'm okay with it. So, uh, yeah, that's the PC hardware news of the week. Um Moving on to the next story here is uh, new rumors and new news on the uh, newest Google Pixel Buds. Um, an FCC filing, actually, which is where a lot of good leaks come from, actually, <laughs> are FCC filings because they're open to the public. Um, and a lot of companies have to submit their devices to the FCC so they can be approved and sold in the U.S. Um, so, uh, you know, we got the latest details on the newest Pixel Buds. Uh, from the U.S. Federal Communications Commission's filings. Um, And uh, these rumors point to these next-generation Google Pixel Buds being launched by spring. So here fairly soon, considering that we are in the first day of April now. Yeah. Um, So it could be within the next couple months or so. Um, I kind of expect them to be launched alongside the Pixel 4a just because those would be those would be great sibling announcements. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, as far as what we know about the Google Pixel Buds, uh, two new FCC documents from Google uh, popped online on the 25th of March. So that's like, what, the day of our last podcast or the day before or mm-hmm. the day after our last podcast? Um, and they're for two um, wireless earphones with two different model numbers, uh, G1007 and G1008. Um, and although these filings don't specifically mention Pixel Buds, um, the general consensus is that these uh, two different models are follow up to the to the or follows up the original Pixel Buds. Um, just keep in mind that these filings usually precede the official product announcement. Sometimes you know by by weeks or by months even. So it's all dependent on these filings being approved by the FCC. And then once they're approved by the FCC, the companies can really do whatever they want as far as launching the uh, the devices. Um, the uh, the uh, you know Google, as we mentioned before, canceled their I/O conference completely. 
So that was going to be the time where we would expect these new Pixel Buds to be announced. Um, but with that out of the uh, you know with that out of the equation, Google's kind of at their leisure to really make any product announcements whenever they want. Um, although Google enthusiasts such as myself really hope that they just stick with the schedule. <laughs> Even though they're not going to hold a conference, they should definitely announce the products when we would expect them to be announced. Um, quick little reminder that the first generation Pixel Buds were announced back in October. So this is kind of like a short life cycle, yeah. uh, you know, for the Pixel Buds. Um, the original Pixel Buds were received with a lot of hype, but as far as functionality goes, they weren't quite well as well received by critics. Um, the Google Assistant was really kind of gimmicky as far as using them on the Pixel Buds. Uh, on day one, the Pixel Buds had a lot of driver issues and that a lot of the touch gestures on the Pixel Buds weren't working, and that was a big deal because there are no hardware buttons on the Pixel Buds. Um, so a lot of people, that combined with the steep price of the Pixel Buds um, was like $200. A lot of people just kind of skipped it because they could get better experiences with Apple products like the AirPods or the PowerBeats or PowerBeats Pros. So I honestly don't blame them there. Um, but much like the first generation Pixel Buds, the new ones are expected to offer hands-free access to Google Assistant, passive noise cancellation. Um, you know, uh, they're expected to have, you know, five hours of battery life, um, and 24 if you count the battery life that's kept in the case for the Pixel Buds. Um, so, you know, we have to kind of wait and see. The expected price is going to be 179 um, and, uh, that's pretty much it. That's all we can really infer about these new pixel buds um if they're compelling enough i'll consider them just because uh i'm really cautious about them considering how the first pixel buds kind of flopped that seems to be google's talent is to release hardware that kind of sucks the first generation mm -hmm. with the exception of the pixel the first generation pixel was an amazing amazing device um but of course that's just my opinion um Moving on from Google News, actually lied. I have one more piece of PC hardware news here for you. Um, and this is actually hot off the press. This came out today. And that's uh, NVIDIA announces new mobile GPUs. Um, and they're not really new per se, but they're new for the mobile space in that uh, new laptops will be receiving NVIDIA GeForce RTX Super. Uh, GPUs in there. So for those of you who don't, uh, you know, who don't remember, the super models uh, of the RTX cards were something that NVIDIA launched to kind of be more competitive with AMD mm -hmm. uh, and their and their new series of uh, of uh, you know graphics cards. Oh, I forgot the code name for it. I I'm not an AMD fan anymore. Gonna have to take away my AMD card. But anyway, these uh these are these uh super graphics cards. They're basically you know. 7 to 11% performance increase based off their non-super counterparts. Um, so we'll be expecting uh, these to appear in laptops here, uh, quote-unquote, relatively soon. <laughs> and they will also be designated the Max-Q, uh, you know, the uh, model numbers, as most NVIDIA GPUs are with, uh, you know, with laptop processors, the Max-Q lines. Um, these uh, new RTX uh, GPUs and laptops will also feature low-voltage GDDR6 memory as opposed to GDDR, GDDR5X or GDDR5 on some other uh, mobile uh, 
GPUs. Um, so we'll have to, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Um, as far as uh, which companies will offer these GPUs, there, we already have companies in line for these, including Acer, Asus, Dell, Gigabyte, HP, and Lenovo. So um, I know the audience can't see this, Ruben, but in this post, you see kind of a list of all the, you know, the laptops that are supposed to have this GPU in there. Um, so we see, you know, the Gigabyte RS ones. We see, you know, some MSI laptops, some ROG laptops up there too with this processor. Um, all certainly geared to be expensive because it's, you know, 2060 and up, yeah. 2070, 2080, that sort of thing. Um, but uh, that's that's going to be exciting. It'd be it'd be cool to see a laptop with the new Ryzen, uh, Ryzen 9 mobile processor and then the RTX 2080 Super. Mm-hmm. For the GPU, that's going to be one expensive laptop, but I'm sure it's going to kick ass, for sure. It'll it'll beat my computer. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll have to get the benchmarking numbers. Um, your computer will run way cooler though. Yeah, I guarantee that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Probably like 40 degrees Celsius cooler. <laughs> um, but uh, that's pretty much it for the tech news for this week. Time is now yours, Ruben, and so is the mic. Alrighty, sir. Well, first up, I got um, Nintendo is making some 3D remasters for Mario's 35th anniversary. Ooh. Wow, um, 35 already? Yes, sir. Jeez, it's older than I am. It's going to be, of course, for uh, Switch. <clears throat> and sources are saying that it's basically going to be like a Super Mario All-Stars 2 for the 3D games, which would include um, the original you know, Super Mario 64, mm-hmm. um, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy. Yes. Um, and then they're saying that 3D World is probably going to get its own separate deluxe style release. Um, so basically, <clears throat> what this means is that, like, I definitely have to get a Switch now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely curious because, I don't know if you know or not, but Mario 64 has been remastered once. For oh, the really? for the three DS, I believe. Oh shoot! Oh, you're right. Um, and I, I want to say they added content, so I'm guessing if they're gonna put it on the Switch, they're gonna do that version because they said that um, it would likely include some new content as well. Um, and then they are also planning on releasing a new Mario game that they haven't said the name of. Ooh, so that's super exciting. I'm not sure if they're going to like drop it all at once or. If because of coronavirus, if they're going to spread it out throughout like the year leading up to True. the thirty fifth anniversary, yeah. But um, I definitely think that they're going to see a lot of sales, especially seeing the success of the Switch. You know, it's still sold out pretty much everywhere. Yeah.
That looks like it did. Oh. Whack. Whack. We're back. April Fools. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, um, so yeah, we got, of course, the Mario 35th anniversary stuff. Next up, we got a bit of a bit of a sad story. It's kinda kinda messed up, so to say. And uh that is Borderlands three, sir. The dev team is not getting their expected bonuses from working on the game. Yikes. Um so the way Gearbox, the devs behind Borderlands three, the way they work is sixty percent of the game's profits go back into like the company and the presidents of the company and then 40 percent usually goes out in a royalty check to the employees to all the employees yeah and they were told apparently before borderlands 3 that you know if this game sells like we're expecting it to which of course it did and it exceeded that that they could expect bonus royalty checks in six figures (laughs) which is a lot yeah (laughs) and uh Basically, what this is saying is multiple sources have told Kotaku that the employees at Gearbox will n- will be receiving much smaller bonuses. Um, so, on top of the whole, like, the way they deal with their bonuses, Gearbox actually, like, their hourly wage or salaries are a lot lower than other companies because of this. Yeah. So they they really look forward to and are like waiting for these bonuses. Yeah, they're counting on the bonuses to yeah. really make their work competitive compared to, you know, working somewhere else. Yeah, and they said that um the success of Borderlands 2 in 2012 resulted in such huge profit share payments that it was enough for some of the employees to even like just straight up buy houses. Yeah, straight up cash, dude. And Borderlands Three far surpassed those sales. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see, Gearbox's boss Randy Pitchford reportedly told employees that this quarter's bonuses will be smaller than expected due to an expanded headcount and high development costs. According to the report, Borderlands Three costed around a hundred and forty million dollars to make. Oh my god! Including DLC. That's an expensive game. Yeah. <laughs> um. I honestly think it's kind of BS for this to happen. I mean, you guys made the promises; they should definitely like be able to keep them. I understand it was expensive to make, but they did sell like I want to say well over five million copies in the first like five days. Yeah, easily. Um, but I'm also curious to know if the reason they weren't able to make as much back is because of their exclusivity deal on mm. some platforms. Because I know it was exclusive to Epic for a while, correct? And then it barely came out on Steam, like what like a month ago like recently yeah. yeah um i don't think it would have had that much of an impact but at the yeah, same time like because obviously they waited till after it came out on steam to issue their payments um so i'm wondering if like because it was hyped up for so long and then you couldn't get it right away if people just forgot about it, especially since bigger games have come out, such as, you know, Doom Eternal, yeah. for instance. So, I mean, it I don't know. It could be a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, it could be a lot of things. Um, I, well, here's the thing. 
my question to Gearbox would be, why would they set that expectation if they knew the scope and the scale of the project? Yeah. You know, so, like, them saying that, oh, like, you know, production costs you know affected this and the the thing that really got me there from that statement that you mentioned was that you know the the uh the increased you know basically body count of people that they had to pay like that's still no excuse like especially when you have so many dedicated people you know working to actually build the game i wonder i honestly wonder what the execs at gearbox if you know what, what kind of hit they took to their pay because it always starts there right i mean call me a freaking you know conspiracy theorist but what i know most is that people with a lot of money like to keep their money and like to take it out of the pockets of other people while they can Mm -hmm. so you know we probably don't have access to that information um probably not in your article at the very least but uh that's where i would search for for first i'm sure a lot of these i'm sure a lot of these employees are really really pissed at this um and, uh, you know, I'd, I'd say, you know, of course I don't run the company, but I'm just going to say it wouldn't be worth it to piss off so many people that are dedicated to that franchise mm-hmm. um, because they're just going to find work elsewhere. Yeah. You know, and other equally, you know, talented studios, like they're going to go to Bethesda, they could go to, you know, they could go to, what, id Software, they could go to, you know, wherever. Yeah, because, really. I mean, it's not like, it's not like Borderlands is small and Gearbox is small, like the, they're, they're big companies. So, I mean, I doubt it would hurt them enough to put them in a danger zone if they were to be like, you know, we already promised this. We're going to go ahead and keep our promise. Yeah. Because it's not like it's not like now that the majority of sales are over, it's not like nobody's ever going to buy the game again. And it's not like they're going to have future DLC. So, like, I know they can make more money back. So it's just kind of disappointing to see this. In my eyes, mm-hmm. yeah, with, with how they treat their employees, right? I mean, that's the that that's the thing, like how they treat their employees. Like now that the game is becoming bigger, like especially if I were a longtime employee, especially if I was someone who had worked on you know Borderlands One, Borderlands Two, and then this came along with Borderlands Three, with how huge it has become, I would expect my compensation for it in pay to scale equally with that. Yeah. Uh, and that's and the exact opposite is happening to these employees. So I can definitely feel that you know feel for them and and understand why they would feel like disenfranchised by the studio. And uh, you know if they want to leave, then they should just leave. You know, like, I, that's I just honest, poor mismanagement. Yeah, I honestly would not be surprised if they had like a mass amount of people resign and go to different studios. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're seeing we're seeing a very similar case here with uh, with Amazon this whole coronavirus thing mm-hmm. right we all knew for a long time that amazon was basically abusing their their employees who worked at their you know at their uh at their warehouses uh to get things shipped out and that conditions were not so peachy keen let's put yeah. it that way and so now that this whole coronavirus thing you know happened and and amazon has had to slow down but not to a halt you see these employees becoming even more flustered with Amazon because they're even being more mistreated. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, there's, now there's, like, huge strikes going on. There's people just leaving leaving the job. And Amazon is suffering more from mistreating their employees than they would have lost with treating them correctly in the first place. And that's exactly the case. Like, I feel like if they're not careful, 
they could potentially hurt themselves a lot more than if they were to just give out the bonus checks like they were going to. Yeah. Because if they had a mass walkout of, like, if, like, everybody was like, you know what, we're getting these bonus checks, or everybody in the company's walking, like, they have no other choice. (laughs) So it's like, either they can go completely bankrupt and let everyone leave or they can go just a little bit bankrupt and keep everyone happy probably not even that i would guarantee if some of the higher executives or like people who own shares in it if they were all to take a small pay cut which you know they can afford that they'd be able to pay out these bonus checks Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and you know just that small pay cut for them for the executives and for all the shareholders and everything you know that they wouldn't it's t- traditionally not seen as such, but it can definitely be construed as an investment in the future of the company. Mm-hmm. But these pricks are too money grubber to see that because they'll be losing money in the moment that they just don't want to take that risk. And then with that, if they were to treat their, if they were to treat them good and be like, you know, we decided we're all going to give up this much of our bonuses to help compensate. You know how many like how great that would seem and how many more people it would draw to want to work for them. Oh yeah, that'd be that'd be insanely good PR yeah. for the company. So, insanely I mean, good. <laughs> like in today's climate, in today's, you know, the US's economic climate, that would that'd be almost invaluable, I'd say. Especially at a time where there are so many like people being laid off and just coronavirus in general just screwing with everything like Yeah. Um, I can't believe they don't see that. <laughs> or maybe they do, but they just choose to ignore it, which would be even sad, more sad, they in my do, opinion. They do, but they're like, my money. <laughs> money, 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 money. <laughs> Let's see here. And then I have another story. Another kind of sad one for, for me, anyway. Um, <laughs> it's just a depressing night, are we? <laughs> Bethesda has canceled their E3 showcase. Um, obviously, E3 was put on hold with them saying that, you know, they're going to try and see what they can do but uh obviously xbox was like we're gonna hold our own event and some other people were like we're gonna do our own online thing and bethesda's like no we're not doing anything dang um no skyrim 2 announcement yeah dude that (laughs) sucks (laughs) um a statement from marketing vp pete hines um who often headlines bethesda's e3 presentation said that the company is facing many challenges due to the pandemic and as a result, won't be hosting its digital showcase in June. It does note that the company will be sharing its plans in the coming months, though it's unclear if this means, like, a single presentation or if they're just going to drop, like, updates of different things throughout the following months. Yeah. Um, I'm really hoping we get more stuff on the next Elder Scrolls, but that's just me. We're all keeping our fingers crossed for that because we do not want to see another update to... Uh to you know fallout uh battle royale <laughs> fallout 76 yeah. i, I want to and i want to say they just delayed one of their their what is it wastelanders update mm-hmm. just got delayed as well so i mean they're going through a lot of stuff apparently we just have to take their word for them i hope not only that we see obviously some more of the next elder scrolls but Maybe even I know it just came out, but the first content update for Doom is another one that I'd be hoping for, as well as Doom Eternal or yeah. Doom Twenty Sixteen. Doom, Doom Eternal. Eternal. Okay. Um, as well as 
something Fallout that's not 76 related. <laughs> like New Fallout 4 DLC. <laughs> <laughs> give me some Elder Scrolls Blades updates. Just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> no, just, just leave that, leave that project <laughs> alone. I played five minutes of it and couldn't play anymore. I can't believe they're putting it on Switch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not even like news item worthy. That's just a passing passing news item. Yeah. They're putting it on Switch. Elder Scrolls Blades. Play it if you want. Play it, play it if you don't have a phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and have a Switch for some reason. <laughs> um, let's see here. Um, as for news stories, that's all I have. It's obviously been slow because coronavirus is canceling the world yeah um but we do have some other things to discuss sir yeah yeah we have risk of rain to discuss the newest update yeah. and we also have the nalcs since we have wrapped up uh you know the spring uh, regular season uh we'll talk about placements talk about our overall feelings about the split as a whole and our predictions for the finals and we'll see how that affects msi too but uh let's roll it back risk of rain too Risk of Rain 2 update came out yesterday, sir. Yeah, we were right there to play it. <laughs> Dude, it is so much harder than I remember. Yeah, and and we discussed this earlier. Maybe it's because we hadn't really touched the game recently. At least I haven't, right? It's probably been a solid month since I've played Risk of Rain, uh, Risk of Rain 2, uh, because we've been playing Warzone. We, I've been playing, you know, more League. Um that's really about it. I'm just playing more <laughs> But bottom line is my time for Risk of Rain 2 has been replaced with time for Warzone. Yeah. So I haven't played Risk of Rain 2. Um, when I hopped on yesterday, I kept on pressing shift when I meant to press control to sprint. <laughs> so I was like, frick, man. But that was really, that was a little, that was a little tough to, to get a hold of. But, uh, but yeah, so like the, uh, the game just feels a lot harder now. Uh, <laughs> the uh, I don't know. Well, actually, there's a couple of changes that happened that would explain why the game is harder, in my opinion, from what I could tell. Uh huh. Um, the ones that I noticed from our couple hours of playing yesterday with the new update. The first is that uh, is that monsters now are already spawned into the level when you load into the level. Um, that's a recent change because before you'd have to wait a couple seconds before monsters started spawning in. Um. Which is nice when it comes to, you know, farming gold uh -huh. for items right off the bat. That's one of the, the things that I really didn't like before this this uh, patch is that you'd have to kind of run around the map and find your first enemies and start, you know, ramping up your gold collection for that. Um, so that's fixed with this new update. But at the same time, elites can now spawn in, in level one. Yeah. And that has really hurt my level one experience because usually I'll run into elites right after... Like, I run into my first enemy, like, my first normal monster uh -huh. on the level. At least that's how it seems to me. Yeah, for sure. And, like, uh, I definitely... I didn't remember that they were updating, like, how fast... Like, that enemies would already be on the map. I totally forgot until you said something. But I was, I was literally wondering, like, why does this seem so much more fast-paced? Because before... When you had to wait for the enemies, I feel like you wouldn't even get your first item until two to two and a half minutes in. Yeah. And now you can have it within the first minute. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. Yeah. But, for sure. But those elites on level one are brutal. Yeah. For <laughs> sure. Yeah. I, I, that's something that I definitely didn't like about it, is that elites level one. I remember seeing it. I'm like, what? 
you got to be kidding me. And then it's like a, you know, it's like an overloading yeah. freaking, uh, you know, Lumerian. I'm just like, oh, no, I, get really, I can't fight this guy, you know. Like, Ruben's not around me to fight this thing with <laughs> me. Like, it's not even worth my time, you know, kind of hammering away at this enemy just to get, like, it's 20 gold or something. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, the game is just significantly harder. Um, those two changes, you know, the changes with the monsters spawning there and the elites are the things that affected it most. But I also think that there's something up with, like, the the monster scaling yeah. now that there's a fifth level for sure in the rotation so it's a five level uh you know five level rotation instead of a four level rotation so something that i really didn't get to try out is wondering is uh you know if you're playing on on um you know if you're just playing on on normal on the normal difficulty uh not not monsoon uh, Rainstorm is what yeah. it's called. If you're playing on Rainstorm, not Monsoon, which is the hardest, and not Drizzle, which is you know the easy mode. Um, if you're playing on on Rainstorm, generally speaking, you want to complete your first loop, so the first four levels, like within like in between twenty to twenty three minutes. That's like the sweet spot, so that you don't get outskilled by the game. So, a question that I had yesterday, but didn't really get to check is whether you still have to fit that 20, 20 to 23 minute window within the first five levels now right. to not get outscaled. Or whether the fifth level just adds another you know, set, you know know six minute block to your rotation time. Um, we kind of, the first rotation that we tried playing, now keep in mind guys, we, 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 did, we have not made it past the first loop. We have died every time on the fifth, on stage. The fifth stage. So Except we have not made it. the first round I think we died on the fourth stage. I don't even think... Did we make it to the fifth stage, our first rotation? Our first game? I want to say we did. How many... How many... We played three games. Then, yeah, we died. I played Mercenary, and then I did um, Loader, and then I did Huntress with you. Right. Yeah, so I don't think we made it to the fifth stage in our first (laughs) round. Wow. Yeah, so we died on the fourth fourth stage, and then two times after that, we died on the fifth stage. Um... And that stage, that stage is hard, dude. We yeah. got, there's there's some new enemies on there that are really tough. The shrooms really bother me um, because when you kill them, they leave acid on the floor, and that burns you over time if you're on it. I definitely dig the new map layout, though. I think it's super sick. Yeah, I it's like the probably, color scheme. Yeah, it's probably my favorite map. Mm-hmm. It's a very pretty map. Um, we tried to go for uh, an artifact. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't know what to do exactly we got to the place where you have to unlock it but we didn't know what to do to unlock it and we just got destroyed i i activated the artifact orb and there's like a wave of energy that pulses off of that and that killed ruben <laughs> that in, killed you right in away one shot yeah in one shot and then after that i was running around trying to kill the enemies to make the orb vulnerable to collect the artifact and then the artifact itself like launches like like energy bursts like in all directions like you know kind of like a basketball yeah and one of those hit me somehow and that was bs and i died <laughs> i'm wondering if um i feel like the one shot protection isn't there anymore I yeah don't, i don't it know it feels like that because i don't know i don't know how true it is but i felt like i died in one shot multiple times mm-hmm. well i do know that when we were going for the artifact uh I don't know how that's affected, but it does bring us below the one-shot protection threshold. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I'm not sure how that math checks out exactly. I still have to look into it, but 
I would not be surprised that the artifact that gives you five times damage but leaves you at ten percent health if that brings you below the one shot protection, and that's why we died so easily. And then I'm also not sure if uh, it seems like the standard health regen got a major nerf as has well. Has been nerfed, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like, like it that. took forever to heal, like without taking damage. Yeah, um, I'm not too sure about that, just because I don't think I collected any real healing items in those loops that we played. Um, I don't ever remember collecting a medkit, I don't ever remember collecting a harvester scythe. But see, I did, I had, I had, I want to say in one of our games I had like three medkits, uh, two of the fresh meats, and then like three monster tooths. Dang. Yeah. And still, it didn't feel like you had a lot of healing. Yeah, it felt like useless. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna bring up the patch notes here for the for the artifacts update, just to see if I can, uh, you know, uh, kind of read that through, or not really read it through, but just kind of have a list of what was changed for the game, um, just to see if maybe we're right on some of our assumptions with like the nerf being, you know, with the healing nerf if that took place. How uh, how often do you think we're gonna get new characters? Because obviously with this update they added. What was it like? Nine more empty character slots. Yeah, dude, I'm so excited for that. I don't know how often they're, they're definitely gonna span it out over the course, even after the final release. The games, I don't think the game's gonna be have the final release with all the characters in it. No, probably not. And those will, and I hope they don't make it paid DLC. I don't think the guys at Hopeful Games would do that. I just think they'll just they're just just to keep people's interest peaked in the game, just like they've been doing for the beta. Uh, you know, for the for the early access version of the game, yeah. to keep people's interest in the game, they're gonna just release it slowly over time as free updates to the game, which would be really smart in my opinion. Yeah, it's better to spread out those numbers of people rather than just have a big jump and then fall off. Yeah, um, I'm excited because I'm guessing that they're gonna be releasing obviously all the characters from the first one in this one as well mm -hmm. um based off the vote because when you go to what is it what do they have it on reddit their right discord now? their discord yeah. yeah they have a vote for who the next character can be in it features like six or seven characters from the first game you know it's got sniper chef uh what's that other one that you like Oh, the cowboy one. Yeah. Uh, I forget his name. How did I forget um, it? <laughs> but there's all those characters that you can vote on, and then there's one mystery new character that I'm guessing is an all-original idea. Yeah, yeah, that's not in Risk of Rain 1. Um, so I'm guessing those are going to be all the characters. I'm curious to see what the release schedule is going to be like in what order. Obviously, whoever wins the vote is going to get released first. I'm wondering if they're going to do a vote every time. Or if they're just going to be like, alright, now we're going to release them this way. Yeah, I don't see them doing votes for a long time as yeah. a preliminary way to decide which characters are going to be put in the game. But it's cool that they have it right now. And Sniper is in a commanding lead. <laughs> By a lot. <laughs> By a lot. By like thousands. Like, that votes. was going to be my vote anyway, and then I seen the votes and I was like, wow. It was at like 5,003, <laughs> and then the closest one to it had like 35. Yeah, like, it was <laughs> ridiculous. It was... I saw that, and I, yeah, you sent me a picture of that, and I was like, what the hell is going on there? <laughs> um, you, you posted a picture of it in our chat, so I'm going to see if I can find that real quick, uh, because it, it was just funny to see there. It was just the message to you, so it was um, 5,005 for the sniper, 12 for the entirely new survivor, 1 for chef, um, was that... 
four votes for Bandit. Bandit. That's that was gonna be my vote. And then three and three for two other ones that I can't see the name of. It yeah. says the graph is updated every day, so I'm curious to see what it's at now. Yeah, we have to check the Discord <laughs> now for sure to see where that's at. But but uh yeah, so interesting things, you know, on the horizon there for Risk of Rain two. I'm just bringing up uh, some game, you know, the list of gameplay changes for Risk of Rain 2. Um, they, uh, the, uh, you know, they, they mentioned the initial monster spawns, um, the, uh, and how the initial monster spawns aren't, are, can, can be elite on stage one as well as uh, not being right next to you uh, for, you know, in, in stage one. Um the uh then some other things here but i'm not seeing anything you know regarding healing or nerfs to healing yet um i dig um huntress's new crosshairs yeah when it locks onto a to a target yeah so i definitely dig the new huntress changes um they they buffed uh they buffed her in several different ways uh her her ultimate uh the cooldown was lowered from 17 seconds to 12 seconds nice which is really cool um, and then her auto attacks, they travel slightly faster at uh, 0.6 seconds instead of 0.5 seconds. Um, or actually, let's see here. Uh, no, the fire rate was, uh, you know, the base fire rate was 0.6 seconds to 0.5 seconds. So her attack speed buff right there. Uh, the travel speed of her arrows also got, uh, you know, also like was doubled from uh, 60 meters per second to 120 meters per second. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, like, they're really fast now. Um, and then they improved the, the visual effects for her uh, lock-on target. So, I'm, I'm a, you know, I play almost exclusively Huntress, so I was really excited to see those changes. Um, I'm just looking here real quick, and there were no changes to Loader. So, Loader's the same with this update. But uh, Engineer was, was buffed, Acrid was buffed, uh, Mercenary, Rex, Commando, they were all buffed too. Why was it... Lo well, I mean, Loader's pretty strong with the exception of their regular attack, but I don't ever use that. I literally just Falcon Punch everything to death. Yeah, and Loader's really strong. Yeah. <laughs> and can be really mobile as long as you know how to use her abilities. So, uh, you know, that makes sense that they didn't touch Loader considering that that was the newest survivor mm -hmm. uh, in Risk of Rain 2. So maybe, you know, I need... They, they probably had more time to iron her out than they did the, the other survivors in the game already, which is why we're getting these updates to them. As someone who plays a sniper in pretty much every shooter game, I'm very curious to see if Sniper will take my favorite spot from Loader. I would... I could see that. I could see that taking your favorite spot. I just spot. don't... I don't know what the abilities are. I don't know if they're going to be the same as, like, the first one, and I don't want to spoil it for myself. <laughs> Yeah, I could see that. I played the modded sniper one in the game, and it was pretty fun. But again, it's modded, so it's probably not going to be that real sniper in-game. Uh, just to kind of uh, go off of your suspicions and the nerfs to heal, medkit was nerfed slightly uh, in that before the heal was 15 HP uh, uh, or uh, plus 15 per stack of it. Um, to uh, It got buffed to 25 HP plus 25 per stack of, of the heal. But the heal delay is now a full second longer at three seconds instead of two. Ugh. So, you know, a lot can happen in a second. You yeah. can get damaged way more than the medkit's going to heal you. Which stops the healing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was nerfed. Uh, that was really the only healing item that was nerfed. Real Capacitor was nerfed. I don't know if you saw that. I did not. Um, but yeah, so uh, the lightning from the Royal Capacitor now strikes where the target was. 
uh, 0.3 seconds before the strike lands instead of where they currently are. Oh. So yeah. So, <laughs> so for example, if you're fighting, if you're fighting a, uh, what are those super annoying things that teleport around? The big uh, imps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 big the big imps basically. So if you were to cast your roll capacitor on them right as they were teleporting, the lightning would miss them because they will have teleported already in that time. So that sucks. Yeah. Whereas old roll capacitor was an instant cast and would follow them through the yeah. teleport. And would damage them, so that's a pretty big nerf. Yeah, in I my opinion, I probably won't be picking that item up anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like the that's another nerf too. Like the 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 royal capacitor was an instant cast, and now it's zero point three for the cast. So not not a super big change, but it's still a change of but pace enough, nonetheless. Yeah. And in a in a game like Risk of Rain two, where you can get killed by one hit off off of your screen, mm-hmm. like that's a big that's a big change in the late game for sure. Hmm. Let's see. I know I got that new. What's the original character? Commando. Mm-hmm. I got his new slide. That's pretty sick. It it makes him a lot better as opposed to his flip, in my opinion. Like, oh hey, really? Yeah, because with the flip, your shooting stops. You can slide and still shoot. Oh really? So it that's adds, awesome. Like, yeah. So it's. I mean, it's a little more helpful. Obviously, it's not gonna like totally change his usefulness but he is more useful <laughs> yeah i can see that for sure that's a nice change for for commando um with his phase blast he's a lot stronger mm-hmm. so with this slide he could be even more stronger uh, but i i'm not i i don't not a big fan of playing commando <laughs> neither am i so um i do think with his slide though like he's gonna benefit a lot more from movement items than he used to for sure yeah as long as you need to jump to places the slide should be fine yeah as commando um ooh one of my most favorite things in the game got patched unfortunately um so you know the abandoned aqueduct level mm-hmm. with the big dragon skull that's like a desert and there's a big dragon skull yeah. and there's the, the the blue teleporter up there so uh, I think I showed it to you at least once, but there's a uh, gate where you can, where you can, you know, kind of like shift through as Huntress, and uh-huh. you can go through, and then at the bottom of the little cave that you shift through, um, there would be, uh, you know, an ice and fire elder, uh, elder Lumerian in there. They could kill for the Runalds and and uh, Kajaros. and Kajaro's band, the wedding bands. Um, you could shift through the gate and kind of glitch your way through uh, via clipping. Or you could find the two switches on the level to open the gate and then just go through that way. Um, but it's much easier to just clip through the gate. Um, they've patched that now. So the Elder Lumerians will not spawn if you if you clipped through the gate. Uh, you have to activate the, the switches on the map. Did they at least, like... Did they at least make the, like, appearance of the switches more common? Because <clears throat> I literally have... You said there's two switches on the map. I've seen one switch one time in all the hours we've played of that yeah yeah so no they're the same they're uh, just as hidden um i got lucky once and only one switch spawned on the map so i've legitimately opened the gate once and it's because there was only one switch Jeez. i got ultra lucky with that but other than that you need to play a multiplayer in order to get that achievement and those items now that sucks yeah really sad <laughs> that was one of my favorite things to do on that map is to glitch through you know clip through the gate and then get those items for free basically if you were strong enough to kill those two lemurians unfortunately chronobobble still a green item yeah 
That item's so useless. Yeah, it's super useless, man. <laughs> I uh, avoided all costs. Still, you know, nothing has a uh, nothing has a uh, changed there. I mean, they added that new item that Chrono Bobble could have some usefulness for the one that um you do Death more mark. yeah you do more damage for every like effect on enemies right mm -hmm. is what it was yeah yeah so Death Mark is one of the new items there um it's a uh, you know I think it's a uh, an enemies are marked for death as long as they have four or more debuffs on them. So, like, Chronobobble, Bleed, uh, Fire, any... Ice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so those all kind of add up to that. So, you know, that it's incredibly niche, but it adds more potential for Chronobobble to not be a useless item in the late game, mm -hmm. in your arsenal of 50 items. I'm wondering how well it scales uh, if you have that along with Shaped Glass. Yeah. Only time will tell. And Crowbar. We haven't really played that much <laughs> armor shred that's another thing armor shred counts as a debuff too so armor shred would count towards a death mark um the uh oh, there's another thing that i wanted to mention here about the game but uh oh yeah so they nerfed the uh they nerfed the scavengers luckily scavengers are the are the big beetle looking thing not beetle but like the you know the fat chunky things with the bags that when you kill them they drop all the oh, items around them. Yeah. Yeah. So they can no longer spawn with ceremonial daggers. Nice. Good. Yeah. Because <laughs> that I've been killed by one with ceremonial daggers it's before. Not fun. And it's BS because that is a uh, that is if they have that item the ceremonial daggers daggers will hunt you down wherever you are on the map. Uh, I want to say that's how I died to it the very last time. Yeah. Like, I actually died to one. I want to say we were on the hell level and that happened to me. And I was like, what the... F yeah, just see a bunch of daggers go through <laughs> you and you're dead. <laughs> so so they, they can't spawn with that item anymore, luckily. Um, so, uh, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much everything that I wanted to go through for Risk of Rain 2. Anything that I've noticed so far. Anything that I was excited to see. Mm -hmm. The artifacts are obviously, you know, something that we need to explore. We need to try and get them. It's incredibly difficult to not only get to that point, but also get the artifact. But... And, yeah, and when you're actually trying to get that artifact, whatever the artifact you're going for's effect is, takes effect that round. Yeah. So, if you're going for the 5 times damage but 10% health, just be ready. <laughs> to be at literally 14 health, which is what I was when we tried to go for that the first time. Not fun. And I want to say I was loader and I only had like 30 health. Or no, like 24, I think. Jeez, and I was Huntress, so I already have low base health and low health scaling to begin with, and I think I had a shaped glass, at least, at least one, maybe two. Yeah, I think you did have one. Yeah, so, fun. Alright, All right, sir, LCS. Mm -hmm. LCS, so the season is over, and we have our finalists there for playoffs. Um, so, I mean, the, the where they placed is no, uh, you know, no uh, surprise, so to speak. Um, we have at the top C9 joining the Miracle Run record here at the NALCS with 17 wins and one loss. Um, that follows the record of, of uh, IMT Immortals back in the Hooney and Rainover days. Jeez. Um, and that also follows, I think, 2014 Cloud9 when it was OG Cloud9. Sneaky, Balls, Medios, Lemon Nation, and High. Uh, which were also seventeen and one, that split. So, 
very impressive split like by Cloud9. Like, oh, for sure. Very commanding number one. Especially <laughs> seeing how they played last season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I say commanding because in second place we have Evil Geniuses. My boys, the team that I was rooting for to place high on the on this on the board there, uh, they placed second at uh, ten wins uh, and eight losses, so a seven game discrepancy between first and second place. Um, and then in third place, uh, hundred thieves, uh, which also had a you know ten uh, you know ten and ten wins and eight losses. Um, FlyQuest in fourth uh, at ten and eight. Uh, then we have TSM and fifth place at nine and nine, Golden Guardians in sixth place at eight and ten, uh, Dignitas and Immortals in seventh and eighth place respectively with eight and ten, uh, Team Liquid finishing the split at seven and eleven in ninth place, the second worst team in NA, uh, and then we have CLG finally at last place, tenth place at three and fifteen. Um. If you're going to watch any of these last games that happened this last week, Ruben, I would definitely recommend watching the Cloud9 versus Team Liquid game mm-hmm. um, because it was a long game and it was a really good game to watch. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a really, really fun game to watch. So so go ahead. I mean, judging by the you know the team scores, you already know what went down and who won, uh, but still an entertaining game nonetheless. And I think you'll be surprised by how the game ended too. Uh, but... Uh, but yeah, so NALCS, um, kind of an unexciting split, to be honest, just because of how, not only, not really because of how dominant Cloud9 was, but just because of how much everyone else sucked mm-hmm. in comparison to each other, like, especially Cloud9, that was a big disappointment there. I feel like even though only really one person announced it, I feel like maybe a whole lot of people really don't care about Spring Split. Yeah, including the players, which is kind of sad. Yeah. They're just like, oh, I'm getting paid. I'll play. I know. Well, when you're getting, when you're hooning and you have, you know, a three million dollar guaranteed contract, <laughs> you know, you could, you can literally flip off the end, you know, the cameras at LCS, and you'll still get paid your three million. Like, dude, just go for it. Like, <laughs> and and at that point, you probably wouldn't even have to play to get your three million. Yeah, for <laughs> real. Yeah, coronavirus. Go for it. <laughs> just not ever play. Um, but as far as uh, kind of standout players this uh, for this split, definitely Sven on Cloud9, their ADC. He, 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 man, that guy showed up, and he showed that he was ready to play and ready to dominate. I really hate to admit it, but yeah. Yeah, he's definitely like one of the best players of the entire split. Um, someone that really did disappoint me was Impact on Team Liquid. He kind of sucked. Team Liquid as a whole kind of disappointed me this split. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, this whole team as a whole, for sure. Because they should have easily been in the top three. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Broxa disappointed me. Broxa's play. You know, he went from being, like, one of the all-time best. He went up to being a world's finalist with Fnatic as their jungler to being ninth place in NA with Team Liquid. Like, that sucks, dude. Like, that's really bad. That's really, really bad. I'm wondering if a lot of the, like, pros who've been around for a while are just, like, tired of it. And they're just like, mm. Mm. I don't care if I win. (laughs) Yeah, for sure, for sure. One of the things that I heard about uh, specifically Impact on Team Liquid is that, um, apparently it's a thing in Korea, um, that 
if you own a building in Korea or own real estate, like you never have to work a day in your life. Like all you have to do is like is manage the property itself because real estate is really prized in Korea. And Impact owns his own building in Korea. He owns Impact Towers is what it's called. <laughs> so not only is he getting money from the LCS, but he also, you know, owns real estate in Korea. And so just because of how the economics over there and the culture works, like Impact is set. Like he could quit the NALCS and, you know, live lavishly for the rest of his life. And you can Google it too. Yeah, Korea, yeah, like Impact Tower. Um, and you can see there that it's not like a, what? you know, that it's not like <laughs> it's not like a rinky-dinky piece of real estate either. Like, it's a nice building. Oh, that's kind of cool. So. I don't know if, I mean, this is a bit old news, but. Yeah. Did you hear that he planned to open a boot camp in Impact Tower? So, no, I didn't hear about that. All yeah. I heard was that he owned the building. And so, you know, that that can kind of influence his gameplay as far as him, you know, watching out for his future. You know, because if you don't have to stress out, why would you stress out, you know? So, like, I don't know. I don't know if that has any real bearing as to his performance this spring split, but I do know that for at least the last five games of the split, Impact was bad. Like, he was giving up first bloods. Like, he was, you know, he was taking trades in lane at, you know, times when the enemy jungler was in, within proximity and that cost him his life in lane sometimes. And he was, he was just bad, man. He and was then really bad. If, if a lot of people don't take spring split seriously, like, um, obviously pros are held to a different standard than normal players. So that being said, like, especially for pros who've been in it for long, like, there's got to be a point where after being held to such a standard and being so competitive that it just doesn't seem fun to you. Which yeah. is, obviously, we've seen with a couple pros who've dropped out and are like, I'm not playing professionally anymore because it's just it's too much. Yeah, burnout so, is I a real mean, thing. So, I mean, spring split with some pro, it could be like the pro season to just be like, screw it, we're just having fun with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that could also have an effect on that. Um, it's going to be really sad if that is the case because it's going to be obvious when summer split comes around if C9's at the bottom. <laughs> I know, yeah. They just get smashed by Team Liquid and they get smashed by EG or whatever. Yeah, and we kind of seen a microcosm of this already in sometimes MSI. Mm -hmm. uh, and then definitely we've seen this with All-Stars. Yeah. I don't know if you remember the whole All-Stars fiasco like a year and a half back or so. But, like, we just had everyone complaining that, like, All-Stars was, like, a waste of time. That, like, you know, it's, right, like, you know, right in between, you know, very important events. And that, like, players were tired out because of it. I think that mentality has definitely spread after after they decided not to do All-Stars. Uh, because of those complaints, I definitely feel like that mentality has spread throughout the NALCS. And has, mm -hmm. has caused this quality of the quality of the splits to kind of decline because of that mentality which obviously and i i get that it's stressful and i get that like it can be tiring being like held to that standard for so long but at the same time they're making bank yeah like they're making lots of money they're making i will gladly them. burn myself out on league for that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i gladly play 16 hours of league of legends every single damn day to be that good and to compete and to just play, you know, a 60-minute game, you know, for two days a week. Because, I mean, you got to imagine, <laughs> you gotta imagine if, like, if you have someone who's smart with their money, like, obviously Impact opened up his own real estate place that he, had, that he owns. Um, 
He can literally, if you're smart with your money, you can play that one full season, make all the money you want. And if you know what you're doing with your money, you'd just be able to retire and just chill the rest of your life, basically. Yeah, and if you manage your money right, you can live, you know, off of that, off of that one stockpile of one split. Mm-hmm. Uh, if managed correctly, if invested correctly, if you know, if if you invest it in in a continual returns off of that, you know, off of that stack of money, if you play it right, you can live super comfortably. You especially, know, after one year of work, especially because when you think about it, you're not. These pros obviously aren't only getting paid from just the LCS. They get sponsorships. They get put into advertisements. Endorsements, yeah. yeah. Um, Obviously, in that one year, they've acquired enough of a fan base because there's so many people who are interested in LCS that if they had a good enough following they can literally just be a full-time streamer if they want yeah merchandising streaming they have lots of uh income opportunities because of branding so i mean i i don't know i'm just i'm just spitballing i mean (laughs) yeah i'm sure it's a lot more difficult than we just kind of discuss it out to be but (laughs) at the same time like come on like they're they're getting paid on a scale of money that like we really just dream of yeah they easily make in a year what someone on minimum wage makes in what like probably three to four years it's probably in their entire life man yeah it's you yeah, know yeah, like yeah. <laughs> probably you know like if, uh, you know like probably what double lift has made for his entire lcs career is what you know i'm it'd probably take me two or three lifetimes to make that much money realistically speaking and i mean obviously when they have that much money they're not think they're not always going to be thinking, well, you know, if I get a super cheap house and just get the necessities and the smaller things that I want, like, I can live comfortably the rest of my life and not have to do anything. But you know they have all this money and they're like, bam, ball out, buy cars, houses. (laughs) Yeah, go out out every weekend, you know, like, have fun. You know, like, that's that's how it is. I mean, even, like, for example, like, look at, uh, on YouTube, uh, Red Mercy, He's a League of Legends YouTuber, and he has he owns like a he owns like so many cars like Trick Two G, you know a, a YouTube League of Legends you know League of Legends YouTuber, and he streams you know he streams more than he does YouTube, but that guy owns a freaking Nissan GTR dude, <laughs> like that's a hundred twenty thousand dollar car, and insurance on that and every month ain't cheap. I'm telling you, it's probably a couple thousand. To put that in perspective, where we live, and minimum wage. If you were working a minimum wage and didn't have to pay any bills and you were only buying that car, on minimum wage it would take you, what, like four and a half to five years to buy that car? Probably six years if you count the taxes for that car, dude. Oh, yeah. Taxes, too. Yeah, dude. Six years of straight working your ass off on minimum wage. (laughs) That's ridiculous. And then just for insurance on that car, it would take three quarters of your monthly... If you bro- income if you broke a tail light it would probably take a year yeah to fix to it dude fix. oil changes holy shit oh dude. my god yeah let's not let's not talk numbers i'm depressed right. now <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get some artifacts maybe. i know yeah we're, we're gonna go play risk of rain too and with that we're gonna go ahead and leave you guys yet again thank you so much for tuning in as always um go ahead and follow us on facebook twitter instagram for the latest and greatest announcements that's usually where we post whether uh we post an episode for that week 
and when we post it you know links to youtube and also anchor fm spotify apple Podcasts. that's all there as well um yeah well we'll leave you guys with that we're gonna and, play risk of rain too and if you listen um you know don't hesitate to share with your friends you know rate us whatever five stars on whatever you're watching us on you know apple obviously we have some itunes listeners five stars on apple podcasts would be nice because i mean the more ratings you have the more you pop up on those boards and the more people get out and hear you you know what i mean yeah absolutely absolutely we're gonna do a coronavirus chipotle giveaway here too so stay tuned for that we'll be announcing that on our social media platform so just stay glued and we'll let you know adios see you later we're gonna roll the outro music if I can find it. <laughs> oh, there we go. All right, outro music. Here we go.